it's important that we understand the different facets of prayer. And so today I want to talk to us about wars and wrestles. Wars and wrestles. One thing you have to understand as a believer is that you have an enemy. Are you following? You have an enemy. Whether you sought for it or not, you have an enemy. Are you with me? The Bible says that when we come into Christ, we have been translated or transferred from the kingdom of darkness into what? The kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus. And so, salvation is a transference. You are being transformed from one kingdom into another. And if you care to know that these two kingdoms, they don't share the same values. They don't share the same ambitions. They don't share the same objectives. So the other day, Jesus said, if you're not for me, you are against me. Are you with me? And so you have to accept that when you accepted Jesus, you also accepted an enemy. So it is better for you to know who this enemy is, for you to be able to know how you can capitalize on the advantages that are in Christ so you can stay on top of that enemy. But unfortunately, many people, when we talk about an enemy, they think the enemy is the person they see. Maybe they notice somebody doesn't like them. The person has not been doing good to them. The person has not even greeted them when they see the person. Say, this person, when he sees me, doesn't even greet me. They don't talk to me the way I want to be talked to. And they are always scheming against you. They are doing things like, why is it that this person doesn't like me? Why is it that everything that I do, this person doesn't enjoy? Everything, and it looks like that person looks like an enemy. Are you with me? And so, Every time you want to try and escape that person. You know, sometimes when you're even doing something, there are some people you don't want them to know. You don't want them to see because they are your perceived enemy. Because they have become instruments of evil deeds in your life. Are you with me? But you see, the truth is that as much as these people, human agencies, they become instruments of evil, they are not the original sponsors of evil. There is a spirit and power that sponsors the evil that men do. And this spirit and power that sponsors the evil that is done through human agencies, they are the principal enemies of believers. Are you following that? So when you get to understand who this principal enemy is, you learn also how to deal with these human agencies or these human instruments of evil. Now, Jesus said something that is very profound, and I want every one of us to see. Matthew, chapter number 5, from verse 43. He said, Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Who has heard something like that? Love those who love you. Hate those who hate you. So many times we even have haters. So they can tell you that this person is your hater. Hate the person. Love those who love you. And what? Hate thine enemy. Verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. 
Hallelujah. That's why I asked you, do you believe Jesus? Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Can we take that again? Is this shaking some tables? <laughs> he said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Can you imagine? Somebody looked at you and said, you. It will never end well for you. You and your generation. You don't know what is going to happen to you. And then you feel like as they are saying it, you are preparing your own curses. Then you remember the words of Jesus. Bless those that curse you. So what Jesus is trying to say that when somebody say you, it will never end. They say you to it will end well with you. It shall be well with you in the name of Jesus. I am praying for you. It will end well with you. Are you following? That's what Jesus is saying. He said, do good to them that hate you. Can you imagine? Somebody did you violence. They did you bad. And you have every capacity to retaliate. And Jesus is saying that what? Do good to them. You know that this person does not like you. No, when we were younger and we used to live in a compound house, the person that doesn't like your mom, and maybe for one Saturday, they, they wash their clothes, they dry it, and they go out and it starts to rain. <laughs> when it starts to rain, you know this is Auntie Mercy's clothes on the dry line. And she's not at home. Her, her children are not at home. You are the only one at home. Yes, what do you do? I know this person does not like you and your family. You can just stay in the room, watch, look through the window and see the rain starting. Are you with me? And you see, sometimes as we're growing, sometimes, I didn't say that's what my mother taught me, but you know, if you live in a compound house, you learn stuff. That this person doesn't like you. When you see them, they'll tell you don't even pass by their door. Don't play with their children. Don't go to their house. Don't eat their food. They don't like you. And what was they trying to teach us? Love those who love you. Hate those who hate you. Are you following? But as we grow in Christ, part of spiritual growth is to take the wisdom of the world and trash it. And take the wisdom that is in Christ so that you be matured in the things of God. Do you understand? So he said, do good to them that hate you. And last, last, pray for them that despise, fully use you and persecute you. As if it was not enough. You yourself, how much do you pray for yourself? And the Bible is saying that you have to pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. At your workplace, you know there's somebody who is cleaning you, taking you left, right, and center. And what you have not done, there, this thing as well, I know there's only one person who can do this thing. See, everything that you do, this person does not appreciate it. They have become your record of evil. And the Bible is saying that when it is 3 a.m. and you are waking up to command your morning, put them on your prayer list. Pray for them. When you are writing your top three prayer requests, add them. Are you following? 
And the Bible says, if you are able to do all of these things, verse 45, that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. What is he trying to tell us? That's concerning human agencies that we find evil. We must treat them as God treats them. Are you understanding that? He said that just be, if you do these things, you, you bless them that curse you. You pray for them that despisefully use you. And then, then you, you love your enemies. You are putting on the nature of God. You are exemplifying or exhibiting the life of God which is in you. Are you with me? He said, God, who is your father in heaven? He sends rain on who? The just and the unjust. And he caused the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. If God was to be, you know, um, someone that would always do evil for evil. Imagine that he looks at the world and look at the people who are evil. And then when the sun is shining, all those people, their path, the sun will not shine. <laughs> I don't know what they would have done. You see? But that's not the nature of God. The nature of God is that we bless those that curse us. The nature of God is that we love those that hate us. And sometimes it can be difficult for many. But then that's why the Spirit of God is in us. To churn our hearts and to cause us to live according to that divine order. As you begin to live your life like that, that's spiritual growth. Praise God. Let's look at another thing that Jesus said again. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Talking about Jesus, all right? Jesus decided to go to Samaria, and so he was expecting that they would prepare a place for him. Verse 53, And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Verse 54, and when his disciples, James and John, saw this, can we read that together? They said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? He said, Lord, let us command fire. Let's show them fire. Fire, yeah, And the fire will rain on them. As Elijah did. What was these disciples thinking? If these people did not receive us and we suspect that they are against us, then we should show them something. We should retaliate. Does that not sound as the system of the world? All right? And they even gave a connotation, an example of a man of God that did it. They said, Elijah did something. We can do it. Anyone who doesn't like you, fire. Let them die by fire. You wake up and begin to spray fire sword on them. See, they are the shadows, <laughs> You see? 
And that's, that's what we have been taught many times and we have brought it to church. That, that somebody doesn't like me. You just can scan. When a prayer point like that is leading, you can scan through your family and find one auntie or one uncle and just put a laser on that person that this fire is going to this person. Let the person die. Let the fire rain on the person. Let it hit him left, right and center. That's what they said. They said, then they gave a logic and a vivid example that Elijah did it. Let's do it. Look what Jesus said. 55. But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. What was Jesus trying to teach them? Jesus was trying to teach them that I am a God of salvation and not a God of destruction. And so that somebody did not do good to you, that you don't like somebody, or that somebody does not like you, does not give you the license to execute judgment and vengeance on them. Because they are not your true enemy. Do you understand? He said, do, do you know the man of spirit you are of? He said, the son of man did not come to destroy life, but he came to save them. So it tells you the mind of God concerning people, that the mind of God concerning humanity is salvation. No, you probably have read in the Bible, someone had the wish to die. But Jesus is telling you something else. That pray for them, love them. Do not execute our waste in death or evil on them. Is somebody here? Now, I, I want to turn your heart towards the mind of God concerning human beings. Because the Bible said that is the will of God that all men will come to the grace or the saving grace of Jesus. That all men shall be saved. It's about, Pastor, what if they are evil and they are doing me evil? We come to that. Paul said, pray that God will deliver us from evil and unreasonable men, for not all men have faith. So when it comes to evil men, we pray that Lord deliver me from the hands of these evil people. But then when it comes to this power or the principal enemy, he shows us a way to deal with them. Do you understand? And that's what we are going to talk about today. Saying Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Did you capture that? He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, the person that you have seen as your enemy, if we told you that he was doing something evil to you, what could you have done? Probably your best could be insult the person. Or to begin to, to shade the person, begin to worship about the person, or begin to hide from the person. But the Bible is saying that although we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. So, as far as much as we are walking on the face of the earth and we are seeing eyeball to eyeball, he said, when it comes to warfare, it is not done in the flesh. And then he goes on to say, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not canal, but they are mighty true God for the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare. So when it comes to warfare, when it comes to combat against enemies, it is not done by the canal eyes. It is not done by mere physical means. He said the weapons of our warfare, they are not canal, but they are mighty. That shows you that when the enemy comes against you, at least you have a weapon. And he has agreed principally that these weapons, they are mighty in God. But yet these weapons, they are not carnal. 
So though we walk in the flesh, oh, what a consciousness to have. Hallelujah. What a consciousness to have that the person that you think is your enemy, they don't operate in the natural. There is something behind the scene that sponsors them, that energizes them, that grants them the authority to do what they do. So he said, the weapons of our warfare, they are not cannon, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And all he's trying to say that before something manifests in the physical, it must have taken place, it must have been inculcated in the realm of the spirit. And so if you want to change something that you see in the natural, what you do is that you also have to go behind the scenes and cause the change to come from there. Somebody here? The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty true God for the pulling down of strongholds. He said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thoughts to the obedience of Christ. So wars and wrestles, the weapons of our warfare, they are not canal because the battle line is not drawn physically. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy or of the devil. Verse 12. Come on, let's read that together. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you see that? So the person that you saw, flesh and blood, he said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Leave that person. <laughs> Are you with me? Ha! There's an auntie in my village. Leave that auntie. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Are you with me? Yeah, I suspect there's somebody at my workplace. That's, my, that's the person that is working. Leave that person. We do not what, wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all done all to stand. Why is he using these keywords? He tells us that the wrestle is not against flesh and blood. The challenge of this life, the warfare of life, is not against what flesh and blood. And then he introduces the, the, the department of the kingdom of darkness that are in charge of every form of battle and struggle and warfare that is in the life of every man. And he says that this is a wrestle. Do you know what a wrestling is? Who has watched wrestling before? You know John Cena. When they are doing a wrestle match, maybe John Cena comes to stand in. Triple H, Undertaker. These guys, when they, they, they get themselves into a wrestling match, how do we define who the winner is? Who knows? When you don't get up. Absolutely. So the person who is able to put the other one down, 
and keep him down, he ends up being what? The winner. So the, 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 the challenge of life is that the enemy wants to put somebody down. And if he's able to keep you down, he has won. Are you following? So he said this, this wrestle is a wrestling that the, 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 the principal motive of the enemy is that to keep the believer down, to keep you down, and also to draw you away from your faith in God. To bring you to a point where you now doubt the, the, the authenticity of God. To bring you to a point where you no longer trust God and have faith in God. The other day, Jesus said to Peter, 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 the devil has sought to sift you as what? Wits. You know what? I explained that last week, right? That when they are doing the sifting, when you are there, you will be shaking. They throw the thing just like that. And the, the purpose of sifting is to get some of the tears out. See, so he said the devil has sought to sift you as wheat. He has sought to, to manipulate you, put you at a place where you, your faith will be overthrown. He said, but I have prayed for you. That's what your faith will not fail. So the motive of the devil is to get the believer's faith to fail. To get the believer to come to a point that he no longer has a trust in God. He no longer believes in what God has said. He no longer believes in the word of God. And as the person loses faith, he begins to go down. The Bible said the just shall live by faith. So if your faith fails, what is going to happen to you? You are going to be down. And if he's able to keep you down, then our Jesus said that the, the, the thief, he comes not, but to what? To steal, to kill, and then to destroy. So when he's able to take you away from faith, he's stealing you gradually. And then he will kill you. And then he will cause the destruction. But Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you. Then he gives us an antidote in that verse of scripture that the way to stand that is what? Prayer. The way to stand the combat is by prayer. So in order for you to be able to resist it, you have to be able to stand. Just like in a wrestling match, that all you are doing is that I'm not going to fall and keep myself at bay on the ground. I have to stand at all costs. Is somebody fully? So the devil will try you. If he decides to try you, Abba, check the life of Job. The Bible said that. He said he has been going to and fro. God said, Ha, where have you been? Omo. He said, I've been trekking the whole earth. He said, Have you tried my servant Job? He said, Yes, but I can see you have put a hedge of fire around him. It's okay, you can try him, but don't touch his life. See, if you don't know how evil the devil is, look at what he did to Job. In one day, he finished the guy. In one day, his whole family was wiped out. That's how evil the devil is. And Job did not know. He thought maybe it was God trying to test him. God does not need evil to test men. Can I say that again? See, it has become a popular theology that has been passed on from generation to generation. God is trying, please. God does not need evil to try you. God does not need sickness to try you. You know, sometimes when people are saying, that maybe, maybe you are going through, God is trying your faith. No. Think about it. The Bible said, has God anointed Jesus Christ 
with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all them that were oppressed by who? The devil, for God was with him. If God is the author of sickness, why would he send Jesus to go about healing? Are you following? So, the inability to discern who the devil is and how his modus operandum is has caused many believers to stand behind the shadow of ignorance saying God is doing things and the devil will be the one sponsoring it. So we look at the life of Job. He does so many things to the guy. At some point, his wife also believed that it was God. He said, curse God and die. Meanwhile, the one, those of us who were watching that movie, we knew that it was Satan. You see, sometimes you are watching a movie and you see that something is happening. Sometimes you even want to talk to the guy in the movie. Can you not see they are going to kill you? That was, when I read a book of Job, I say, ah, this one is like a Nollywood movie. Job, don't stress God, it's devil now. Are you following? So he said that we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. He said, therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What is the wiles? The methodia. The methods, the methodology, the strategies that the enemy uses. And his strategy is always to put fear in you and to bring you to a place that you would doubt God. To bring you to a place that you no longer be standing and encouraged. That's why sometimes you find yourself discouraged. I mean to realize when the more you get discouraged, the more you can pray. It's right and they, 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 they keep pushing you down. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then you see, you become so discouraged and at some point you become used to the situation. And then you stay in for a long time. Why? Because your standing is resident on your ability to use your faith. The more you are able to stand in faith, that's how you'll be able to withstand the enemy. Is somebody falling? And the beautiful thing is that as much as the devil will try, God has given to you authority. Say with me, authority. He has given to you what? Authority. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. If you are there, let's read together. Luke 10, 19. Are you ready? One, two, let's go. He said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means who was he talking to here come on who is he talking to he's talking to who so he said behold look that's the, what the word behold means he said look it's like nobody said, ah come and see say see i give unto you what power and the word there in the greek is exousia and so exousia simply means authority you know, there's a difference between power and authority. So he said, I give unto you authority. I give unto you what? Authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. You know, Jesus is very graphical. And he, he used metaphors to explain what he's trying to say. Think for a moment that you are walking. And then you come to a place where you see snakes and scorpions. And then you are not scared. You are still walking on them. How is that going to feel? Oh, you can imagine that. 
Some people are still scared in their hearts. Say, hey, pastor, you don't know what you are saying. Snakes and scorpions. He said, I give unto you what? Authority to what? Tread. To walk on them. It's like you are on a treadmill. You are walking on snakes and scorpions. You are just cats walking on snakes. There are scorpions there. Snakes there. You are walking. Ah, are you not afraid? No, I have authority. Do you understand that? That's the authority that we have in Christ. So if you want to think about something, see, when you are in a combat with the enemy and you want to see where your faith level is, just picture that thing. The authority Jesus gave me. Um, Asabi walk on snakes and scorpions. You are walking on snakes. If you know scorpions, even scorpions alone, if they stain you. Eh? And he said, you, the authority that I have given to you, this is how it is like. That you have that audacity to walk on snakes and scorpions. Not that these snakes and scorpions, they cannot harm you. They can harm you. Do you understand? See, look at, it is so easy for a snake to bite you. It is so easy for a scorpion to sting you. But he's saying because of that authority, ha, they cannot. He said, I've given you authority to tread upon what? Snakes and scorpions or serpents and scorpions. And over what? All the power of the enemy. Not some. All the power of the enemy. And he said, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So this is the authority that we have received or we have in Christ. And this is not for men in clerical. This is not for men who have do live in the papacy. This is not for anointed people. In fact, it's for every one of us. Whether you believe it or not, it's for you. Hallelujah. So he has given to us authority that is enormous enough to tread upon all the powers of the enemy. And he said that nothing shall by enemies. You have to take time to listen to that. He said nothing. You see? Nothing. And he says shall by enemies. In other words, it doesn't matter the means, the modus operandum that they will use. It, will not, it still will not hurt you. And this authority that he has given to us, how do we put it into action? Number one, it comes by knowledge. Consciously knowing what has been given to you. That's where it starts from. And that's why the Bible said that lack of knowledge, my people perish. He said, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on about in darkness. I have said, ye are gods, all of you, children of the most high God, but they shall die like mere men. Why? Because of ignorance. If a person does not know what they have, they cannot utilize it. Is somebody here? If you don't know, you cannot use it. So he said that, these things are written unto you that believe on the Son of God that you may know. So it's about coming to a place of consciously knowing. It's just in our age that somebody has to think twice whether they are a boy or girl. But that's not a debatable question. It's something that is second nature. What's your name? You don't have to think twice about it. What kind of gender are you? We don't have to ask you whether what you associate with. Is that one to your question? 
You see, when a person is a boy, they know by second nature. They just know. What he's trying to say to us is that this knowledge of who you are in Christ, what God has given to you, it must become second nature. That you know that there's authority given to me by Christ. And I am a partaker of that authority. And he says that nothing shall by any means harm me. So when I'm faced with a combat with the powers of darkness, I know that as I go forward, come on, what, is, what am I coming back with? Victory. Because I have been given authority and I consciously know what this authority is and who did this authority came from. Jesus said, all authority, all power has been given unto me. He said, at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee will bow, every tongue of things on earth, of things on the underworld, of things in the air ropes, they all are subjected to the authority of the name of Jesus. And we are partakers of that name. The moment you came into Christ, you became a partner in the name. Do you understand? And so if you, want to, if you were to go extreme, you can even call yourself Alex Christ. You are a partner in that name. Is somebody following? And so when we are faced with combats, in wars and wrestles, what we use and take advantage of is the name and its authority. The second way to make this authority effective in your life is after you have known and understood it, you have to believe it. Believe that it will work for you. And what do you do when you come eyeball to eyeball with challenges? What you do is that you speak in that authority. That is not a time to go and look for somebody. It's a time to stand and what? Speak in the authority in the name of Jesus. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can we read that together? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may. Verse 9, whom, what, resist steadfast in the faith, stay there. So do you see where your responsibility is? Is there whom you must resist steadfast in the faith? I told you earlier on that the, that's why the enemy's first target is your faith. Because he knows it is in that faith that you defeat him. So he said, the enemy has sought to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He said, he is going about as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. He said, whom resist. Resist steadfast in the faith. What he's trying to say that oppose him, stand against him, and don't do it once. Consciously, continuously do it. And James 4 verse 7, he said, I resist the devil, and then he will, come on. When you resist him, what happens? He will flee. So as you stand consciously, as you stand persistently against the walls of the enemy, the end of the matter is that you will be the one who will rejoice. The end of the matter is that you'll be the one who will have the victory. 
The verdict has been given already. Listen, he might try once or twice or three times, but as long as you have that consciousness that you have authority in Christ and you have to stand by faith persistently, he will eventually flee. Just like chasing a mosquito. If you follow the mosquito hard enough, he will leave you. But if you leave him, you, you feel the, the stink. They will deal with you. Hallelujah. Listen. This Christian faith, there are privileges and rights that we have. Things we enjoy in God that as we consciously know and understand them and practice them, put them to work, it will always work. Are you with me? He said, resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee. It is the word of God. The word of God doesn't fail. So as long as you resist the devil. And that's why you have to gain this understanding. So that when you come to a place of prayer. And you are praying. Combating against the powers of darkness. Listen. It doesn't matter what kind of dream you had that you were dead. Come on. When you wake up. Hi. Seek yourself. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus. I shall live and not die. And I shall declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living glory to God. Any power of darkness that has assigned death, now I reverse it in the name of Jesus. Do you understand? That's how we do it. Don't wake up. I'm not going to die. Start checking your bank account and see how much you have. Maybe you you want to go and buy. You know, they they have Will Will Pippert W.H. Smith. No! Get up and know that you are the victorious one in Christ. Oh, it doesn't matter what they did to stop you the first time. Come on, this second time I stand to pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Any weapon that has been formed or fastened against me, according to the word of God, it shall not materialize, it shall not stand. That's how you pray. You don't cry. No, no, no. Do you understand? Don't say me, I'm not strong. I'm not strong. Did you see the Bible saying that the strong Christians will pray and they will? He said, resist the devil. That's how you become strong. Are you understanding me? And then you begin to see the victories. You do it the first time and you see the devil free. And you get your testimony. Like, oh boy, that thing is working. It's working. My testimony. Many years ago, I used to have dreams and I will see all kinds of creatures chasing me. And some of these, they were not dreams. Sometimes I'll see it live and colored. I can see a being trying to strangle me to death. Say, ah, at some point when it's, I'm about to go and sleep, it becomes a trouble for me. Say, I'm going to sleep again or they are going to come. And one day I decided to go and see my pastor and say, child, ah, this is what's happening to me. After narrating, he said, I'll pray for you, but he postponed my prayer. This man doesn't know what I'm going through. And that day, when I took um, my wife's daily devotion, I went to see her, and I took the daily devotion. And that day was a Thursday. I was reading what they had for that day, and I saw Luke chapter 10, verse 19. As I read it, behold, I give unto you power, and I thought, I jumped and shout, yes, this is it. And from that day to today, just one revelation from the word of God, that showed me the length, the vastness of the authority I have in Christ. That's where my liberation came. 
What I'm sharing with you is not theory. It's something that works and will work for you. If you care to listen, if you care to put it to work, you will become a victorious believer. God wants us to become potent in our place of prayer. Are you understand what I'm saying? That you not be one that is scared by circumstances. That is, you not become one that is scared by devils. No. Some Christians, their lives are being dictated by the dreams they have. One dream and their lives are shattered. So the devil might try something, one thing, it might hit you hard. No. Stand. He said, after having done all these things, what? Stand. I told you. He said, the wrestle is not what against flesh and blood. And he said, the, 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 the epoch of the wrestle match is that you should be able to stand. You should not be the one being put on the ground. I want us to lift up our voice. You are going to pray. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Shepele patunzele patoya. First of all, you're going to pray this very profound prayer. Just pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, show me the areas of my life that I can apply this. And some of you, as you are praying, God will begin to tell you right here. There are some issues that you need to intervene. And this time you would stand as a child of God and use the authority that God has given to you. So I want you to lift up your voice. Just say, Lord, show me. Even as I have received your word, the areas of my life that I can use this. Lift up your voice. Begin up. Oh, yes. Oh, Thank you, Lord Jesus. And now you want to pray, declaring in the name of Jesus that any plans of darkness against your life, any plans that the powers of the enemy have put together against your life, by the authority in the name of Jesus, let it backfire. Let it be reversed. Let it be destroyed. Come on, lift up your voice and pray. Shelem paradigo shetelebrado shaya. Zini telebrado sheketelebrado shaya. Le paradabako shetelebrado shentelebradoya. Zine telebrado kushetelebradoya. Zimen telebrado selebradegea. Yatalabrado shentelebrado shmentelebrado sheteya. Zimele telebrado shalabaya. Ile parada badabaya, shetele prado shetele bradoya, zenetele prado shentele bradoya, eshetele prado shmentele bradoya, eshala prado shmentele bradoya, zinetele barabado shetele baya, ishetele prado shmentele prado shmentele baya, ishele balabado shentele prado sheteya, Sele para bada bada shetele bada baya, zimele tele bere bado shetele bere bada baya, ia pala bala bado shetele brado shetele baya. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Have you been blessed? 